Today on the Vine Church Podcast, we are joined by my wife, Kim Nielsen, and uh, James Davenport, one of our pastors here at the Vine. And we felt like it would be really helpful to do a podcast concerning parenting, especially parenting small children. And we know there's so many folks at the Vine where that um, is their life stage, and there's lots of wisdom we can glean from the scriptures about that. And so we would like to talk about that today. Welcome, Kim and James. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Zach. (laughs) You bet. Um, Man, James, you're in the little years right now. Tell us about your family. Yeah. So my wife and I, Emily, have a six-year-old, Lucy, who's just finishing up kindergarten, and a three-year-old, Hazel, and then we got a one-year-old, very curious, energetic guy, Ephraim. And Kim, why don't you share about our family? We are firmly out of the little years, mm-hmm. but I do remember the little years. Mm-hmm. We have a 19-year-old, 17, 15, and 13. So there's a lot we could talk about in terms of what the Bible says about parenting, but do you guys have um, scriptures on your heart that uh, you would want to lead out with? Kim, I see you have your Bible open there. Yeah, James actually just led a class that I participated in too, um, a parenting the little years class. And um, he led with a verse that we've talked a lot about too, but Deuteronomy 6, um, 4 through 9. Um So hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. So, um, again, lots to be said there. Um, but I think just that passing, that's one of our most important jobs as parents is, um, our relationship with the Lord and being able to talk to the kids about that. That's discipleship of your children is probably your number one job. Yeah. How do you guys remember in our case and, and actually in real time for, in your case, James and your wife, Emily, um, what are some ways that we, pr- we practice that verse in our homes with our small kids? Yeah. One of the things I love about that passage is that it doesn't necessarily speak to like a program that we all need to ascribe to or prescribe to one of the two words there. Um, but it, I'm not, I don't have it in front of me here, but it, you know, it says that we, we talk about our love for God as, um, you know, we walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise and when you sit in your house. Um, and so it's, it's just throughout the day, uh, the intentionality of making faith, making your relationship with God, um, in, in the foreground, in the, in the front ground, as opposed to the background. Um, and so it's capitalizing on the moments that, that you have together as a family. Uh, and there's lots of moments that you have with your littles um, that you can, you know, just allow to, to pass by or to leverage to speak um, just um, truth about who God is. Um, so, you know, for, for us, you know, I think there is something to be said about have, being intentional and, and setting aside times, you know, with your family. I think we were talking in this parenting class with Kim that perhaps it's even easier in the little years to make all your littles, you know, gather up in a, around the bed or around dinner table. 
um, before activity set in in the later years. Um, But to find a good rhythm that works um, for us right now, what works is right before bed, uh, we gather and we read um, a Bible story book um, with the kiddos, our our two oldest ones, our six and three-year-old. And we just, we read it. Um, I usually just ask, you know, um, what it was about just Mm -hmm. to reinforce it. And then we go around, say something we're thankful for and some, or someone we want to pray for. Uh, and that's just kind of our rhythm. And we sing a song together as well. An old hymn, Emily and I belt it out and it sounds so good. Oh yes. Um, that might be turning our kids off to things of faith, but <laughs> we hope not. Um, but that's that's the rhythm our kids expect as we come to you know bedtime and it's part of the routine routine. But it's also just the moments too. It's not just that specific time, but it's the moments when we go on a walk and we see just interesting you know leaves or um, we look at the lake uh, which we live by and we just can comment on you know the creation that's in front of us and how it speaks to our creator God. And, um, so to me, I think about it in those categories of being intentional in our time together as a family. Um, but also thinking about how to be intentional with moments that come by and that's discipline too, you know, um, how do you discipline your kid and bring gospel truth into that? It's just not dad being angry, but there's a reason why we're disciplining our kids. Right. So, yeah, one of the things with this verse that I liked too is it first starts with you yourself. So hear, O Israel, you know, and you shall love the Lord your God with your heart and soul and your all your might. And um, so I think especially with littles, they just watch you yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they can usually tell what's genuine and what's not. And so um, I think just living it out before them and having it be authentic, um, and so even if they're not having a quiet time, if they're seeing you do it, like I remember one of our kids like taking a pencil to my Bible and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but they had seen me marking in my Bible. Right. And so they're like mimicking you. Right. Um, and so again, just, I think living it out before them and what James was saying too, I agree with all of that is just, am I diligent, um, intentional, um, with teaching them, um, in large things and in small, in small ways. Um, but I think living it out before them is, is huge and making it, you know, it, then it's flowing, overflowing from an authentic place. Um, the other thing is just like being involved in community and, and they see what's important to you. Um, especially again in those little years where they're just watching you all the time. Mm -hmm. And so for us, part of it was just our community and really making, um, going to church and being part of a small group, um, living, pe- you know, with people in community. Um, I think our kids watched us do that. Serving, you know, whether they're just watching or whether they're serving alongside of you. I think all of those things are really important because it forms um, their rhythms, but it also helps them to see what you think is important um, and what you say and what you do need to match. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, especially during COVID or, you know, it's always hard when you have littles to get to church because naps and um, someone's always grumpy. Or I remember, you know, when we were, we didn't have childcare because of COVID and watching kind of the the parents like trying to, you know, do whatever with their kids or having right. them scream during the service and, and um, talking to some of them afterwards and just encouraging them like this, this is worth it because they see, I know it's a lot of work and you're probably not getting a lot out of the service, but it's worth it because you're showing them that this is important, that church is important to you and yeah. that community is important and it's worth the sacrifice. It's yep. worth it. So those are a few things. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Let's fast forward to the New Testament. And I love this verse. Um, I just got to teach on this a little bit in Ecuador a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And I'd love to unpack this, especially as it b- pertains to parenting in the little years. Like, What are some ways that we can provoke our kids to anger at those at those 
little years, you know, it seems like um, emotions for the little kids are always very present. There, There's not a lot of filters yet. There's not a lot of faking or pretending, you know, <laughs> like adults do. So it's going to be happiness and, and sadness or anger that just comes out unhindered. Um, but as parents, how do we um, provoke them to anger? Like, what do we need to look out for? I can just start. I think um, one of the biggest things that frustrates our kids is um, inconsistency. And at six years old, they might not be able to articulate it, but I think it will cause them to be stressed that could very easily come out in anger in some kids, where if the the rules are inconsistently applied, um, or at least inconsistently applied, uh, if they are inconsistently applied, that never gets talked about or never, because as parents, we're never going to be perfectly consistent, but at least can we name it with our kids? And, you know, a three-year-old might not understand that, uh, um, that, that explanation. And so you're going to pray for grace in that moment. But, but a six-year-old might be able to understand, you know, um, why we're doing something different in this moment that's not perfectly consistent. But, um, I think that that can definitely provoke kids to anger if they can't figure out, you know, if the, if the, the, the bullseye on the target is always changing, you know? Um, so yeah. What would you say, Kim? Well, I'm not a father, but as a mother, same, um, principle, um, I think too, it's my own emotions. So it's not necessarily provoking them to anger, but I could also heighten the experience if their emotions are already high and then I step in with my own intensity. I think I've added, um, oftentimes I can add fuel to the fire. Yeah. Um, so if they're already kind of either angry or sad or whatever it is, usually it's anger or frustration and I come in with an intensity, then it just ramps up the, their own intensity. So I'm provoking more anger, more frustration by doing that rather than remaining calm and, um, kind of keeping my own intensity at a, at a appropriate level. Yeah. Yeah, I can resonate with that. And I think <clears throat> I kind of joined that with, is it Peter who says, live with your wives in an understanding way? Right. Um, and I think all of our kids are different. Um, where my six-year-old has vast, can handle vastly different things than my three-year-old just in their personality. Um, and so I need to live with them in an understanding way of how they're wired and how they respond in different circumstances, different, um, situations. Um, cause my three-year-old, I, I can, I can go a little bit further in, in just who I am naturally with her as opposed to my six-year-old where I need to guard what you're saying, Kim, and not bring her to that point. I, th- I think too, this verse kind of speaks to not, um, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Uh, to me, it, it, it helps, helps. Um, I think sometimes I unfairly put expectations on my kids that is maybe just not helpful. And maybe it's something that I experience as a kid that I feel like they also need to experience as a kid. Um, or, um, I have a way in which I want them to live and obey that, might be good, but not like, um, ultimate, uh, where I make my ultimate expectation, the thing in our house, as opposed to understanding my kids. And what is the goal? The goal is that they would be instructed in the Lord's way, not like my James, the father's way, if that makes sense. Um, I think I put unfair expectations or my, my, my default is sometimes to put unfair expectations, uh, on my kids. Like you will sit still and listen to this Bible passage for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and that's not wrong. Um, but it might not be, I I can do it in a way in which provokes my kids to anger. Um, and ultimately a rejection probably of the things of God, as opposed to understanding who they are, how God has wired them and how can I come alongside them to help them, um, see the things that we're doing are beneficial. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think adding to that for me, sometimes it's 
am I listening to them? So, um, especially if they're bringing something to me, usually it's a conflict. Um, um, and if I just, I'm not really listening, but I either just do a quick judgment or I just don't want to hear it. Like, don't bring, you know, don't talk to me about that. I don't want to deal with it. And so I, I can sense that provokes them to anger of just mm-hmm. feeling not heard, yeah. not listened to. And I think that's part of the like, bring them up, you know, um, it's raising them, but there's, um, there's instruction and they need to be patient, um, and ready to, to listen before you know, to really understand like kind of what you're saying, understand where their hearts are, but understand the situation too yeah. and not be quick to judge. Yeah. I think another thing that, that again, a four five, six year old wouldn't be able to articulate until later in life, but I think they intuitively will get frustrated is our hypocrisy. So if they, um, if they see us telling them not to yell at one another, but we're yelling at them, you know, um, you know, they will, Yes, that happens in our home. Full confession. (laughs) Stop yelling. It's like, oh, shoot. Um, Yeah, I mean, we've we uh, Kim and I have had to apologize and seek uh, repentance and forgiveness for that many times um, because we are inconsistent. The the issue, again, this is just the Christian life issue is not are you going to be a hypocrite? Because you will like we all are going to fall short of the Bible's teaching. um, But are we willing to name it? And, um, and so anyway, uh, hypocrisy, um, that goes unnamed, I think can really provoke our kids to anger, especially if we make that a pattern starting the little years, they'll notice it. They probably won't be able to figure it out, but they'll notice that something's off there. And then as they get older, that, that will, um, continually, um, probably be a provoking agent in their life. This is, um, I don't know if we really experienced this as we're probably not built bent this way, but I know, you know, especially our culture is moving towards, um, like really encouraging self esteem and self identity and that kids get to kind of figure out who they are and kind of decide who they are. Um, and it's almost, I think this verse could be looked at as like, I'm just trying to make my child happy. Right. And that's kind of what our, culture is doing right right now but I think that but is really important it's it's that's not the only way you're provoking your children to anger um is by being domineering right it's also because the answer is but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord and I think now a lot of kids are are being provoked to anger and just not being able to handle things because they haven't been expected they haven't been disciplined. They haven't been instructed. They haven't had structure. Um, they've been able to get their own way. And so emotionally they're not developed and they're, they don't have that self-control. Right. Something that we see sometimes at, at the school is like kind of this emotional fragility or instability. And I don't know that this is what this verse is talking about, but I do think again, there's the answer is discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, and so that helps you develop kind of emotional appropriateness, if that makes sense. And I think a lot of kids, again, you were talking about instability. I think it's another form of instability. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about the two things there, the two aspects there in the second half of verse four of Ephesians six, um, bring them up in the discipline and instruction so discipline and instruction are the two things that Paul says for us as parents we should be looking out for. Um, let's unpack that a little bit. What does that look like? When I hear the word discipline, oftentimes that that feels very negative, right? And there's um, maybe we think of uh, getting in trouble. We think of punishment. And that might be part of it because ultimately what I think discipline means is to set limitations and boundaries. Um, but I often think about that in a very positive way where it's like, if I want to be good at playing the piano, I have to discipline myself. Meaning I say yes to this and no to some other things. So I'm going to say yes to practicing piano for an hour. I'm going to say no to 
sitting on the couch and watching the game and eating chips for an hour, you know, um, like if I want to, you know, preach a good sermon, I have to discipline myself to actually put the work in and I'm limiting things that I might do on the one hand for the sake of a good thing of sermon preparation. And, and so discipline, I'm not sure is, um, is necessarily always a negative thing. It's a, it's a very positive thing when we think about it, about like limitations. And one of the things we always talk about in parenting is that boundaries bring freedom. And, um, that's just the way God has structured the world where, um, there are boundaries that I have that bring freedom. Um, and, and so how do you guys think about that? Um, in terms of parenting the little years, are there certain things that come to mind that um, can really serve those that are in the trenches of doing that right now? Yeah, I I mean, I thought while you were talking, this isn't necessarily as practical as maybe you were wanting me to go, but Hebrews 12 is always really encouraging to me, um, talking about how the Lord disciplines us, um, and it's for our good, and we have to endure um, discipline, and when we're disciplined, it means God is loving us as sons. And that's one of the things we talk to our kids in those little years, especially like we're disciplining you because we love you. If we didn't love you, it would be easier just to let you go your own way. Um, but we love you so much that we just can't let you go on this path because we know where it's going to lead. And so even though it feels painful, we're doing it because we love you. And it's a form of really not being loving to just not discipline. Um, but I love the part, um, it's in Hebrews um, 12, um, 10. Um, it says, but he disciplines us for our good. So parents, you know, do their best, um, but he does it for our good. That we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but later it yields for peaceful, the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So I think even in those little years, trying to think through like, okay, what is just childness that will pass? What is like willful disobedient? And then sometimes those you handle differently, but like what, what is, what do I see in them and what will that produce long term is yeah. I think is one of the yep. things we try to think through. So like it's okay maybe for a two year old to throw a fit, but like if you keep doing this, what what does that produce? Yeah, it's not the, the fruit of righteousness. What's the, what's trajectory? the trajectory? trajectory? Um and so sometimes again, depending on the age of the child, we talked more about this. Like, I know you don't think this is a big deal or this is a hard consequence, but we see where this is heading and it's it's not good for you. Yeah. Yeah, so those are just natural limitations um, that we put on on their behavior th- for the sake of their either blessing, um, like this limitation, This uh, you're not going to behave this way. There's a limitation that we impose on you, but it's for your good, just like God disciplines us, according to Hebrews 12. Yeah, and I think we, we can't just drop off those three last words of the Lord, mm-hmm. um, that ultimately this is a matter that is about... Um, you know, pursuing Christ. And while, you know, a three, four, five, six-year-old might not, you know, th- th- might not be able to conceptualize, you know, why we're doing it, I think it's important for us as parents to always come back to, when we think about discipline and instruction, like, is it just what I think or is this actually something that Jesus calls us to do? Right. Um, and that that is our foundation and our pillar. Um, because I have lots of ideas of how I want my kids to be uh, and instructing them to love everything I love because that's going to make my life more enjoyable. But what's most important is that, one, what Kim, you said in Deuteronomy, like it starts with you, the parent, that do you know the Lord right. <laughs> uh, and what he loves? And are you grounded in um, his word to be able to actually discipline and instruct of the Lord, um, yep. because it's from him. Um, and so it all, I think it starts in our own relationship, um, with, with God. Um, and then fighting that tendency of this isn't just something I, I prefer in my home, but this is actually a command that God calls right. us to obey as a family. Right. And so when I discipline, I am very 
uh, aware of my language of like, dad really doesn't want to discipline you. Right. Like there's nothing in me, but the Bible, what the Bible says is this. And we go through scripture in discipline because this is discipline of the Lord. It's not dad just being angry in this moment. Um, so, yeah, that's really good. I think that's a, one of the most important things our kids when they're little need to hear is that, um, a, we're doing this because we love you. Um, it's the indicatives and the imperatives. It's the identity before the command. So the identity is you are a member of this family and, and I love you. So those are like settled identity statements for our kids. And since those things are true, you, we are expecting you to behave A, B, and C. And if, and if you don't, there's going to be a consequence. Again, because we love you, because you're a member of this family. And, and that's just the way that the Lord relates to us. He tells us, um, you are a chosen child of God, thus be forgiving, thus be imitators of Christ, thus, you know. So that's really important. If we don't do that, our kids can subtly start to slide into believing the lie of legalism that if I behave a certain way, then mom and dad will love me. Um, I'm somehow earning their favor through my obedience or lack of, um, and that subtly can, um, translate into them relating to the Lord that way. Um, and so I think one one of the most important things is that we rep when the kids are, especially when they're little, we represent, um, the Lord to them, you know, I think one of the practical thing that I would, um, add bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, and this is not just a plug to the summer scripture challenge kiddos. Uh, (laughs) but I think oftentimes as parents, it's easy to like divorce our, um, our own walk with God from our parents and not like share that with our kids. Like, and, and maybe that's practical things. Like we get up early and our kids don't see us read the Bible or something like that. But I think fighting as a family to do things together, um, where you are together, like growing in the instruction of the Lord, like I think practical things are serving together as a family. Um, perhaps it's grabbing your four or five year old, um, to bake something in the kitchen to give to a neighbor, um, or to that, uh, you know, older couple, um, or, you know, going to a nursing home together. Like there's lots of ways that you can serve the community around you, but doing it as a family, um, and instructing of why we do it. Um, or even as I said, the, the summer scripture challenge, like we want our kids to know God's word, but are we, uh, challenging ourselves to know God's word and memorization. And so like, do it together, you know, with your kids, like we're going to learn this verse together, you know, this week at breakfast, we're going to, you know, work on it together because mom and dad need, need this too. We need God's word. Um, but I think my encouragement is what, what can you do together as a family where you are modeling it, um, to your kids? Uh, in real time. Amen. Amen. I think, I mean, you kind of already said this, but like discipline and instruction, um, both take effort yeah. and, um, they don't just happen. Right. Um, and you're usually giving other things up in order to do that. Um, and so I think that's something to remember, especially in the little years, like it's kind of inconvenient sometimes, right? It's a lot faster if I just cook it myself right? <laughs> or, um, but bringing them along into that and into those moments, um, even though it's, it's going to take longer, it's harder, um, that's, that's going to train them. Um, and it's worth it. Um, I think, um, you know, and they can be fun things too. Like discipline and instruction doesn't have to be drudgery. Like I remember when our kids were little, we put, um, we just wanted to talk through missionary partners and help them to see, um, people going for the gospel, all over. And so we put a map on our table and then put a clear plastic tablecloth over it that like, it wasn't my ideal, like Pinterest house there, but like it, it was worth it for that season because we ended up talking about it and looking at the map as we were eating. And you know, that was a little season. And the kids Um, really enjoyed that. The kids loved it and they were little and could, kind of name different places around the world. Um, it was really sweet. Um, so just knowing like 
especially the little years are, are short. Um, yeah. and it's worth it to think like, how can we structure our life? So again, it, it might take more effort. Um, it might not be kind of either look the way you want it to or, or whatever it is, whether that's cleaning or baking or, but bringing them along. And I, I would say that with like what we normally think of as discipline as well. Like, um, sometimes it's inconvenient. It takes a long time. Um, but again, it's, it's worth it. It's going to produce fruit in the end. Um, I remember I had, um, an older mom tell me like, don't be afraid to leave your grocery cart. Your kids are going to think that you have a full cart of groceries. I can throw a fit here because she can't do anything about it right now. Um, and I didn't do it often, but there was a time where I just, okay, I'm leaving the cart here and, and this is more like, it's very inconvenient to leave your full cart um, of groceries and go out to the car, um, so that you can discipline. But you know, that was, that was more important, um, in that moment. Yep. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about, well, let me, before we go on, I want to make one comment. Um, so no one gets the wrong impression. Uh, like we're, no one's talking here about like a 30 minute sermon with your five year old every night before bed. You know what I mean? I think a lot of this stuff, um, going back to the Deuteronomy passage is like, as you're going on your way with a three, four, five, six year old or whatever, I'm just making little comments like mommy and dad are going to church because, and we're, and you guys are coming with us because we love God and he, he loves it when we sing to him or just something like that. Um, it's not like some dissertation that we're asking our kids to submit to. It's, it's just little comments here and there that explain to them why we love God and who he is and what he's done. Um, look at the beauty of that tree outside that's flowering in the spring, man. It's cool that God is so creative, isn't it? And just leave it there, you know? Um, so much of, uh, parenting these young years when, when it comes to discipline and instruction can be that. Let me move on to this though. Uh, just like a, a challenging subject, um, that, that Kim and I, you know, have faced. And I think probably every parent faces it at certain times. Yeah. I'm thinking of the, the grocery store meltdown and it's like, do I leave this cart here or do I deal with my kid that's melting down? Um, or do I just ignore it and whatever? There's times in parenting, and this is not something that we talk about very often, that we just don't like our kids very much. You know, we love them convictionally. Uh, We just don't like them. You know, I mean, it's the same in marriage. You know, it's the same in any communal activity. (laughs) Kim, my love for you has been (laughs) without end and never. Yeah. yeah, James, our pastor is right here. Um, but yeah, like, you know, you, you've had a bad day of parenting and it's like you're trying your best to implement the principles that the Bible teaches and some parenting books that you've read and it's just not working, you know? Like how how, how do we navigate the bad days when like I just don't like my kids very much right now and and they certainly don't like me. <laughs> Um, we've all been there, you know. I mean, in a very umbrella, I mean, discipleship is always consistency over time. And so it's, it there, that, that leaves the room for lots of bad days. Um, but we have to have the, the long view in any sort of discipleship relationship with, which obviously parent to child is uh, a very long view. Um, and so do you have the right view, the right, the right lens? Um, I think is maybe where I would start like into, and, and to allow for, for bad, like there are going to be bad times, um, whether it's a personality thing or like a sin issue, a disobedience thing. Um, yeah, it's going to be infuriating, uh, at moments. Um, so just remembering time, time over consistency. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I find frustration, um, I find frustration, frustration, in a lot of personality things. I'm vastly different than my six year old. Um, and so we just don't enjoy <laughs> the same things. Um, and I, it's what she desires, like I, j- I just don't get. Um, and so sometimes I just don't find much enjoyment mm-hmm. of spending time with her. Mm-hmm. My th- 
three-year-old, I, I find greater enjoyment. We think more similar. Um, but I think again, like it's, it's, um, man, I keep coming back to just like living with my kids in an understanding way. And like knowing that the more I, um, live my life in front of my kids to give the opportunities for moments to just spontaneously come in, um, the better it's going to go. Um, meaning, you know, is it a bad day? So I just stay at work longer or do I, um, you know, do I press in and lean in and know that my calling as a parent is to make a, um, do, do humanly speaking, make a disciple in my home. Um, and that's what I, my desire, my ultimately my desire trumps how I feel about my child. Um, and I always want to give my kids opportunities to have dad speaking for myself, to have dad in the home where I hopefully am speaking gospel truth, regardless of how I feel, um, and kind of rejecting that. In, in some sense, yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't feel, I think you should, <laughs> um, and have a community, um, a spouse, a, a small group, uh, trusted friends where you can bounce off how you feel, um, uh, for sure. But I think, I think for me, it's just being present. I, I, I hang out a lot with our neighborhood kids and they have moms and dads that just are at work, um, and not, not being present with their kids, um, which saddens my heart, um, for sure. Yeah. I think about, um, Number one, I would just say to that parent who's struggling with this, it's very, very normal. You're not the only one. Oftentimes we feel like, man, if, if people saw what was happening in our home right now, they would like just think we're the worst parents of all time. Now, granted, um, we're not parenting for the approval of other people, so that's a whole other danger right there. Um, but we think like we're the only ones that are dealing with this. You're not. Um, and, and those, those days when your kids are just looking you in the eye and daring you to discipline them and daring you to give them limitations, like, man, that can just really, really be challenging, but everybody deals with it. It's very normal for you to go to bed, lay your head in the pillow and just feel like, man, I do not like my kid. And if this trajectory continues, we're going to have a really, really rough family life. But the good news is usually it doesn't stay the same. Um, now there's always exceptions and there's, there's, there's always exceptions, but usually, um, the issues that you're dealing with as a three-year-old, well, that three-year-old becomes a four-year-old and they become a five-year-old and it doesn't stay the same. The issues change, but they, they evolve and they change as you practice over time. Ultimately, this is just ministry. Um, when we talk about all the time, I'm just going to keep showing up. And as a parent, you're, you're going to keep showing up. Um, and as you do that over time, even if you have three bad days in a row, um, if you commit to practice repentance and faith and perseverance, um, things usually do get better. Um, and then finally, I think, um, you know, just something that comforts me or... I would probably say better humbles me is when I think about Jesus and how many times would he have the opportunity to lay his head on the pillow at night? If you can endure the metaphor and just be like, man, that Zach, he does not get it. And he just, he's looked at my instruction again and just said, I'm not doing it, you know? And so as we think about our heavenly father and how he relates to us in the gospel, um, that can just humble us and, and give us the motivation to just get up the next morning. We're going to start all over again. Um, and there's new mercies waiting for me every morning. And God has been so patient with me. Um, you know, there's, you know, yeah. So, Kim, what would you add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Like, how does God love me? Um, it's not when I'm at my loveliest. Um, or only when I'm at my loveliest. Right. Um, and he's um, very faithful. So I think um, I, identity in Christ, and it, this goes back to what we were talking about before, like, what is my own relationship with Christ like. Um, and then I think the other thing, um, well, and on that, like what it helps me to do too, is like 
trust in God's sovereignty um, in my life that he has given me these kids for a reason. Um, it's not a mistake. Amen. Um, and he's given them to me, but also me to them. And, um, and so he's working through this, um, and I might not see what it looks like, but I think just my identity in Christ and that his sovereignty in this helps me to relax a little bit. And, um, usually part of when I'm most frustrated or when I don't like them is things that I'm seeing that I don't like. And it's sometimes a control issue or a fear issue that I see something and I'm kind of projecting what it's going to look like in the future. And I'm fearful of that. Um, and so again, I think just, um, kind of popping the pressure balloon Mm. of like, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to pray. Um, and I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for you to change their heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm also going to pray for you to change my heart and, um, you have to give me the love for them. Um, and so it's choosing to do that, um, no matter how I feel, but then praying through it too, that God would change me through it. Um, and I was just thinking too of second Peter. Um, I think some of it for me is like, I feel inadequate. Like I don't know what else to do. And that usually is why I don't like the situation very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, God, you've granted me all things that pertain to life and godliness through knowledge of you. Um, and I'm a partaker of your divine nature. So make me more like you in this, you know, like you've already given it to me. So I think just trusting like he will give me the qualities that I need as I keep turning to him and then transferring that like, okay, then I can give my kids to you too, because you promised that you love them and you have them. And so I can kind of let, let go a little bit, Yep. but it's sometimes not just days, but like seasons, yeah, seasons, (laughs) seasons Seasons of parenting that are uniquely challenging. Yep. For sure. For sure. And, And I think that's, that's true for almost everybody. Let's talk about a different issue. Um, so I think like oftentimes there's there can be twin ditches that we can fall into. Um, on the one hand, um, maybe in generations past, like my grandparents' generation, kids were like to be seen and not heard or maybe not seen and not heard. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, like uh, you know, I think about my stories I know about my grandparents and what they endured as kids, like having to work on the farm and like, you know, you, you feelings, what feelings, like we're not talking about your feelings. Like, why would we talk about feelings? Um, just kind of a hard, you know, stoic upbringing. And then I think a more of a modern issue is maybe being a little more child centered, um, where, the kids are the sun in the family, you know, solar system and, uh, everything just radiates around the kids. And I would probably dare say there's some, um, potential idolatry of our kids. We, we can worship our kids and that's what idolatry always is. It's something that's really, really good that God has given as a gift, whether it's food or sex or money or, you know, influence, and then it's a good thing. It's a horrible God thing, you know? And so our temptation, or we're, tempt, we're always tempted to worship the things that are the most beautiful and the most powerful and the love we have for our kids. It's unmatched, you know? So I, I fear in our modern generation, most people aren't erring on the side of like kids are not seen or heard. <laughs> and, but that we can err on the side of, um, yeah, just giving them the impression that they're the center of everything. Do you guys think that's true? Um, how, how, how do we think biblically about that? Yes, I think it's true. I, and I think it's part of the cultural air that we, that we breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it goes back to self is becoming like the thing, like, Um, and you define yourself and, and who you can be, you know, you can be all that you can be kind of thing. Mm And, um, and so I think that's just kind of bled into, and it's hard to see sometimes in our own parenting because we see it in everything around us. Um, but I think that that's a lot of 
pressure for our kids. Um, I think it's hard for them to be disciplined um, in a lot of things, but also to see um, others around them, to see how important community is, um, to have like a right, like I think of just like emotional regulation, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And so if I, if everyone if I'm used to everyone bow, I mean, we see this at birthday parties. So like, let's just, uh, let me use birthday parties. And it is an example. Like if I get everything I want for every birthday, or if I get huge, huge parties, like, like bouncy house, like big hundred people party, you know, like if I do that my whole growing up, then, then it's kind of like everything just has to be bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think just, um, and it's hard to be satisfied and yeah. it's hard to be thankful and it's hard to see others. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so I think, I don't know the answer. I think it's just like what, again, thinking through what does this produce in the long run? If, if I give my kid everything they want or if they, if kind of things rotate around them and whatever they feel, what, what does that produce? And yeah. is that what God would have for them? Yeah. So like, for example, our kids are very needy and they have no problem asking us for things. And sometimes that's appropriate. Sometimes that's inappropriate. You know what I mean? So like, you know, at church, you know, if I'm talking to someone and my five-year-old runs up to me and just interrupts and starts barking at me, um, I, I'm not going to say, uh, oh, whatever, you, what do you need, honey? I'm going to say, honey, daddy's talking right now. And, and then I'll probably have a follow-up conversation with her. But like the temptation can be sometimes that like, I'm, I don't give them any boundaries in terms of, um, in terms of like being at their beck and call. So when my child is screaming at three in the morning, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. Um, but there's often other times where it's like, they, they have to know that they're not the center of the universe. Yeah. And I would say even better, like, yes, have the discussion afterwards, but then like trying to think through what stage are they at, they're going to interrupt me. So like, okay, if you need something, here's what you can do, you know, training, yeah, training and instruction beforehand. And so, um, and then those reminders. And I think it's important for them to know, like, not just this is what I want you to do, but the why. And again, It's different for a two-year-old than a six-year-old, but I, I want to start telling them, hey, when you interrupt, it's, it's unkind. It's, it's not loving the other person. And I want you to help me love the person that right. I'm talking to. And you can help me love them by right. you know, not interrupting and right. we're going to listen to them. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of instruction yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, another example could be like um, mom or dad are reading their Bible in the morning and you're just not allowed to interrupt me unless it's an emergency at that time, you know, and go ahead. I just think, um, sometimes I think we think we're being, I think our culture now, um, and what I've seen and in my own heart too, like, um, you feel like you're being unkind or like if I don't give my kids everything they want, or if I don't listen to every emotion and I'm like, Oh honey, you're sad. That person must've really hurt. You know, like if I don't overdo that, then you feel like you're being mean. But I think it's remembering like, just like we talked about discipline, being loving, sometimes helping your kids kind of think and see that they're not the center or their emotions are, you want them to talk about their emotions with you, but their emotions aren't always right. Sure. Um, they're not always true to reality. Sure. And, um, and that's not mean or right. unkind to say that that's actually really loving to help them start to see that. Like, right. I know that you're hurt by that comment, but, but let's think through that. Are you, you know, are you seeing that correctly or yeah. are you, you know, you're angry about this or whatever. Um, but trying to get them to see kind of outside of themselves. Our um, culture says feelings rule and reign. And in yeah. some sense, feelings are all valid They're king. Yeah. And, and the Bible just doesn't say that. Yeah. And so that's another way that we can instruct how to think rightly about our feelings, you know, go ahead, James. I mean, as, um, 
as a parent of a little six-year-old now who any, you know, like a Target magazine or anything that comes in the mail that showcases the newest toys, <laughs> which they know what they're doing, um, I feel like anytime our children want something, it does pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like when you do say no, you're not crushing your child <laughs> For a lifetime, because they're going to have a new desire next week. Exactly. Uh, It quickly quickly changes. Um, So I don't know if that helps. But but just speaking to children's desire changes quickly. But Kim, you said this uh, in our parenting conversation, but I think there's an invitation into the gospel um, of allowing them to see that we're part of a bigger story uh, at play. And only King Jesus is the one who really can make demands. Um, and you're not King Jesus. Um, and so being a part of this family in a small way kind of represents that we are, well, let me just, I mean, I think in our family, Emily and I try to set the, the stage of like, what is going to be true of our family? Um, kind of non-negotiable, uh, based on God's word. Um, and then how do we all fit within that, if, if that kind of makes sense? Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, as opposed to the other way around of what does my child desire or like or want? It's kind of secondary. Um, that's not to say we don't go to Culver's and have custard and enjoy <laughs> times together. But it, it is to say that what is most important from God's word is going to be foundational in our home, or at least striving to um, Amen. Yeah. And, and going back to my comment about like setting a boundary for, you know, like mom or dad are not going to be on call unless an emergency, like during Bible reading. I mean, ultimately we want our kids to know that they're, they're not the center of attention. Um, but we don't want to stop there. We want to teach them and model even more so in our own lives that the reason why we believe that so deeply is because God is the center of attention. God is, and so when mommy and daddy are are reading their Bible, it's because it's not that we're just trying to be selfish. It says my heart needs to be nourished by God's word. I need to be fed um, because God is the center of attention. And it doesn't mean we ever neglect our kids sinfully, but we have to train them that their greatest joy in life comes from selflessness, not selfishness. And, um, and embracing all of the implications that flow from treasuring the gospel. Yeah. And I think with that, again, it's not that they're never the center of attention or that you're never celebrating them, right? There's just a time to do that and a time to celebrate. And a time not to. Yeah. And so sometimes, again, if you have multiple kids, it's like, okay, yeah, we're celebrating so-and-so playing or doing gymnastics and their meet and, and then we're going doing your interests or, you know, um, and so again, it's not like everything is like our own interests either, um, and what you were saying, like, sometimes I'm going to do things and I'm going to play things I don't want to because I love you. Yep. And I want I want you to show me what you're interested in. Um, but I, I think just knowing that there's a time for that and there's a time to do that for others. Yep. Amen. But this is this is contrary to the cultural current, a cultural air that we breathe where a four year old boy can say, I feel like a girl and we're supposed to receive that. Um but the Bible would say, no, we need to think theologically. We need to think biblically about feelings and not our, not all feelings, um, are going to be just received, you know, no matter what, but the cultural message is if you do that, you're squashing your kids somehow, um, you are not allowing them to flourish, but we would say God has a different definition of flourishing. Um, and if my emotions rule and reign, um, that's going to make my heart really make my life really, really hard. Yeah. Um, the heart is deceitful. Yeah. One of the, this was an illustration. I forget what book is maybe loving the little years. Um, but, um, an illustration of like how to deal with emotions and, um, they describe to their kids that emotions are like wild horses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like they're really beautiful. They can be really powerful and in the right context, they're really good. But out of context or out of the right area, they can be very harmful and destructive mm-hmm. um, and kind of carry away and destroy. Yep. Um, and that was helpful of just like, oh yeah, we've got to rain. Like emotions aren't bad. That's one ditch, but like emotions aren't, don't just get free reign right. either. Right. Yeah. Well said. 
Well, guys, this has been a great conversation. Um, so much more we could have talked about. I had other things on my list, but uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. Why don't we just give a final word of encouragement, each one of us, to um, to parents at the Vine that have uh, the little ones running around. Um, I would say um, that your personal walk with the Lord is what's most important. And because what your kids need the most is for you to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And as you're pursuing that over time, you keep showing up and with perseverance, um, it's not a promise that your family is going to be perfect. The Bible doesn't, does it, it doesn't ever promise that our our families are going to be perfect. But there is a principle that that is oftentimes very, very true from the Proverbs and the rest of Scripture, um, that when we pursue the Lord first, um, seek first his kingdom, and all things will be added to you as well. And and so, um, man, it's a it's a it's a journey of perseverance for all of us. There's nothing more joy filled and nothing more challenging than parenting. Um, but there's new mercies every morning and the more that you pursue the Lord and your heart being firmly, um, attached to him, um, the, the more blessing over time there will be for your kids and your parenting. It's hard to follow up, man. I was thinking something super spiritual. This too shall pass. (laughs) (laughs) But I love it. um, I love it. Yeah, I think just trying to keep that perspective. I remember people saying like, oh, they, it goes so fast. Just eat up and love all this time and thinking like, uh, I'm just so tired. And, I'm, you know, that was hard to do. But I think, again, that perspective of like the stages do go by fairly quickly. Um, the days and the hours and the weeks sometimes are slow, but the years do fly by. Um and, and so I think the more that you can keep, like, what am I thankful for? What can I be joyful in? Um, and, and really trying to kind of keep an open hand um, that does help just knowing, like, I'm in this for a season mm-hmm. and, and, and seasons come and go. Um, and then for me, just like, it's a joy now that I'm out of the little years. I love coming to church and seeing the littles. Like... The joy kind of re like reignites reignites, um, and they're funnier when they're not your own. (laughs) Disobedience is really funny when it's not your own kids. (laughs) I'll say two things. One, I um, and (laughs) this might not even be a good thing, but I think in my own personal walk with the Lord. I find myself surprised at the grace that God has for me. And I I love translating that into my own parenting of surprising my kids just with fun, enjoyable, memorable things. Um, randomly taking them to get custard, going yep. on that bike ride they want to go on. Yep. But just surprising them with grace because we love them. Um, and our God is gracious. And our God is gracious, Amen. right. It reminds them of who God is, um, that God is enjoyable, um, and he wants good things for you. And so just doing that, um, intentionally finding that in your weekly, monthly, whatever uh, rhythm uh, to do that. And then, see, I forgot what the second thing <laughs> was going to be. Oh, this I was going to say this, uh, is just that, um, just be reminded that this you know, the call is to make disciples, but it's not up to you to do it. Amen. Uh, it's, it's dependence on God uh, and the power of his spirit and word. And so it is showing up It's showing up um, in the power of the spirit and by opening God's word and allowing God to work in our child's heart. We cannot make our kids Christians. Um, and to, to actually believe that, <laughs> um, yes, do not grow weary in doing good. Um, so showing up, but we do not have to put this expectation or pressure on ourselves of like, my kid is going to be a Christian because of, <laughs> because of me doing X, Y, or Z. Like yeah. um, we can take that pressure off. And I think um, that's really good for us to always remember that we can't make our kids Christians. Yeah. Amen. It's the power of the Holy spirit. Ultimately. 
Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, we hope this conversation has blessed you. If you want to follow up with any of us, um, any of the elders, uh, any of their wives, I'm sure anyone would be available uh, to anyone who's listening here who would like to follow up on an issue. And um, that's just one of the ways that we bless one another as a church. And so don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, parenting is a journey, and we are in it together. So until next time, have a great day.